Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another week of the Enjoy the Walk podcast. It is almost the end of summer. It feels like the end of summer. We're in the middle of summer heat, though, and we're in the heat of the golf news right now. Dante Liv is going wild. PGA Tour is fighting back. We've got US Junior Am. We've got USGA Adaptive. Uh, we've got all kinds of good stuff to talk about with Youth on Course and the partnership we're doing with them in the fall with Maryland State Golf. We've got our own stuff cracking as uh, as the golf season is just booming right now. Uh, we've got XPGA Tour pros leading in state opens we've got all <laughs> kinds of stuff to talk about back in your backyard as well man uh excited to join you again dante myself dalton as here. always Good walk man uh excited for it oh definitely man it's a it's a shame because i know we were texting back and forth and you you said wow i didn't even realize next week was august and i told you don't like don't remind me because i i do know and it's kind of depressing that the season's kind of coming to the end <laughs> and we are i know it's it is hotter than hot out there right now and i can tell you we are not representing the brand very well my ass has been in a cart for the past month and i have no shame if if there was something like a dnf for walkers right now it's a tfh too and hot to walk uh, it yes, has been sir. brutal. It has been brutal in a cart to go play golf right now. So yeah, I, I think everybody on the East coast and I think around the country is feeling our pain. Uh, we do want to walk. We do want to enjoy that afternoon nine, but man, it has just been too hot to do so. It sure has, but I'll tell you what, man, people are still out there playing golf. I mean, the tee sheets are packed, which they really are. Shock it, it's shocking, but I mean, if you know how to do it right and stay cool, bring a wet towel, Stay hydrated. Take a cart. Let the let the air kind of cool you off from the sweat and all that. It, it, it's doable. It's tough, but it, it sure is doable. No, it really is. And I mean, speaking of just like my last weekend, I played in a two man better ball this past weekend, uh, and it was hot, hot. Uh, we went off at one o'clock the first day in like the brunt of the heat. Uh, everyone was like, "Man, if we can just get through the day, it'll be better." Tomorrow we're going off at nine. Uh, it was worse the second day in the morning. There was no wind, no nothing. Uh, it was absolutely excruciating. Uh, but we had ourselves a good weekend. We, we we got inside the cash for the money tournament in the Calcutta. So we nice. had ourselves a good weekend. Yeah, I know you're telling me you're playing. It's crazy you're saying you're playing, playing pretty well. And, you know, a couple of missed shots out there. But you still got in the money. So that's pretty dope. That's all. And it's always dope when you put it, put it down like, that's why I like getting in some of like the money and uh, the money games and you kind of realize like, Oh, what's my potential if I play lights out and actually win the whole thing compared to what I'm buying into. And if like that ratio is pretty high, you know, I'm, I'm in. So that's awesome, dude. Yeah. I, I didn't have no big crazy money matches, but we played every, we played on the weekend and I'm telling you, I think our latest tea time was 7am and it was still hot. There was simply but, no way to beat it on the East Coast. No. There really wasn't. Um, we even but now played, we, uh, we had our. It sounds like we had ourselves a good a good golf weekend, though. Yeah, we sure did. I've been playing actually extremely well. Um, just not really letting the bad shots really get to my head, which I think out of like this year, I think you know if you want to assess the year like Justin Thomas and look at your goals, which really wasn't a, a goal of mine. I think. Uh. 
California humbled me very quickly after we went out there and played with some of those guys and realized like it's, you know, and helpful from Trent. And he just says low expectations and kind of went with that for the whole season. And dude, I, I just really like, it's crazy. It's like that Tiger Woods saying where like, you know, you draw a, draw a line like 12 feet in front of you. And then as soon as you walk over, you forget it and you just keep it moving. And I kind of never really taken that specific approach, but almost have. And I don't know, man, my mental game has just been the best. Yeah. I get pissed out there here and there, but I don't let like one hole really screw me up for the rest of the round. And I've just been playing. It's weird. I don't know. I'm excited for California this year. I feel like my game has been getting a lot better for you know, it's the funny. upcoming you, season. You and I both, I think I told you when I came off the course on Sunday and knew we didn't win. Like I was not happy because I knew I left some shots out there, but I was like, dude, I'm in this like weird state of like Zen golf right now. Yes. Just like no matter if I hit something shitty or if I, if I hit something really good, like I don't get over amped. But I also don't get like overly mad. Like I, I used to be a club thrower and I, I don't really throw clubs anymore. Uh, I just kind of accept what's given to me and, and go into the next shot of like, well, I'm just going to make this one. Right. Like I've chipped in more since I found this like state of Zen around the green than like anything, because I feel like in order to chip in, you still can't be pissed off about the shot that puts you in Put the you state in of position. like having to go yeah. To chip. Yeah. Yeah. And like another thing too is I've always, if, it was a realization this year too is like, you know, when you play with like a big, like a member guest or you play like a big group with a bunch of buddies, right. And y'all basically come in, you head to the 19th hole. And how many times do you talk about like the perfect striped shot that you hit? It's for me, all the conversations I've had with my guys when I come in, is like, yeah, I, hooked one on 14 i was in the woods and then shanked it out in the fairway and then flushed like a club to get in and one putter like you always talk about those crazy recovery holes to you know end up making par or scrambling for bogey or somehow wow i miraculously made a birdie or better those are the ones that always come up in conversation so i've started thinking when i get myself into a situation like that where i hit a bad tee shot or i hit a bad second shot it's like oh, how can this be a 19th hole conversation and recap? Like, did I, how did I do that? How can I pull this off? And I think going into that has extremely helped my mental game and just overall helped my scores no at doubt. the end of the day. No doubt. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, it's been fun to play like this. It's like this, this kind of new, it's new different. lease on life. How it should be played as a as a as a as a golfer that's played it for probably far too long. Um, but speaking of new lease on life, man, I've got a new wand in the bag. Yes, you do. I got I the took, picture the other day. I was sh- I, finally. I took some of the cash winnings from this past weekend, and uh, I got myself a new wand. And and for those listening on the podcast, I'll I'll happily show this on our YouTube page. So head over to that. Enjoy the Walk Off Podcast on YouTube. Uh, I'll do a little share screen here here and be able to give you guys an insider's look at what my putter looks like. I went Odyssey, Dante. Uh, I went with a, a little bit of a, a tour uh, triple track kind of deal. So. Um, I mean, let, let's let's dive into it and what it looks like here. I went with just the simple black line here, the nice Odyssey 10 tour. Um, 
I'm all about it, man. The stability shaft that's also in this thing is is quite exciting. Damn, that's that's sick. And for also for the to listeners that you know we're talking about Zen Golf here, like our new our new mindset in in golf. Dalton's biggest, I guess you can say, in between the ears, has been his putter. And it's crazy because the guy can absolutely flush an iron, hit the long ball. But as soon as you get him on the green, it's that's where you're taking his money. But from the conversations I'm having with you, it sounds like, I mean, this is a great time to be getting fitted for a putter and having that confidence going into the weekend too. So yeah, is, this, I mean, is this the exact, this picture you're showing me, is this the exact, are you getting that shaft? Like I know you got this, the stability so, shaft. Is that so the this neck? is not right. So I'm I'm having a tough time looking for it, uh, and I've got it behind me here. So I actually might end up sharing it. Yeah, with pull me. pull it up on video. Let's see this. All right. So here's what we're gonna do, and and this is obviously horrible podcast etiquette, but go, like like we said, go check out the YouTube page, and and you'll understand that you know what you can you can watch other places. So this is the putter I've got now, and I and I'll put it very close to the screen. It's got a nice. Thin black line across the top, which I have learned to love. Um, here's the back of it. Face is nice and like white Odyssey insert. Um, oh, that's bottom. like the old. That's the that's like the their original insert. That's, that's nice. This is that's nice. been that's when they started coming out with those like Odyssey putters. That was the insert, yes. and I think Phil's been rocking that since day one. There's like a bunch of guys on tour rocking this all of a sudden, yeah. which I love. Um, and this this little shaft yes. uh, hosel is just so the clean. The yeah. neck is so clean. I love this. Uh, and then, like I said, the obviously the Stroke Lab uh, shaft, which is steel. Uh, and then I think maybe graphite here. It's something to to cut the weight out of it uh, and make it more you know bottom centric. So you're you're more what, what kind of uh, kind of grip we rock in here. Okay, so this is where I really dove into being a nerd. They had the Odyssey like putter on it, and it was trash. But I loved how I was putting with it anyway. So I had them put a Super Stroke 1.0 Pistol GT on it, which is just a nice slim pistol grip. And this thing, let me just tell you, feels good in the hands, sets good in the hands. Oh, I'm just excited. This thing, yeah, dude, that's little a... Odyssey rolls the ball real nice. Yeah, those stability shafts, because I know – our guy over at S dot putter, Steve Barry, he's got a that guy's got a stroke lab putter too. And I like I held it in my hand the other day and like it feels literally the name, it's stable. Stability, man. It's it's absolute yep. that's dope. I'm pumped for you. I hope uh, you're bringing it out for the club championship this week. So have you have you I know you said you practice a little bit today, rolling some putts? Yeah, I got outside in between the rain showers today for maybe an hour. Uh, started at like two or three feet, just kind of got a feel for banging a bunch into the cup, right? Like just getting a ton of ton of balls in the cup just right off the bat. Moved it to three feet, moved it to four feet. Got all the way out to about like eight, nine, ten feet in that range uh, and was just holing them, like all day long holing them. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I've moved to, and I want to talk about like golf balls here for a second. I've moved – to the Callaway Chrome Soft triple track. It's like all I'll play anymore because I love that triple track. But before I felt like it was pretty underutilized with the putter I had in the bag. It didn't have this like, you know, two ball line in the middle of it, like extra lining uh, mechanism. And now with the two ball with the, with the single line in it, I just feel like there's no way I can't 
not square up the club face. Yeah. And it's just it's it's so good, man. It's it's you didn't want to go with the you didn't want to go with the triple track on the two ball to match the triple track on the ball. It's too much. I too much. I have that. I think I have ADHD, and by think of, I mean I'm pretty sure I do, just never been diagnosed. I I'd go nuts. My brain would go wild. Oh my gosh, yeah. That 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 could be a lot, but no, that's I mean that kind of makes sense because you get the triple track and you just take the black line and just match it up to that middle line. That could Yeah. It can work too. That's that's pretty sick. So you gonna play? You gonna uh, get a couple practice rounds in before the weekend to just get you it, know, a feel for on the greens and I, I think scoring yes. wise. I'm gonna try and get out on Thursday and Friday. Wednesday looks like pathetic weather, but also Monday and Tuesday has been pretty pathetic weather. I wanted to get out Monday and it just rained its butt off all night. Yeah, so. you guys, you guys got. I was looking at the radar because I was playing in um played in this skins mat. So we got. Yeah, obviously, you know, we're running deer as well. Right next door is another public track called like Centerton. Yeah. And awesome track, dude. And the layout, love it. Just needs a lot of TLC. Yeah. And if someone can get in there and, you know, put some money into it, that can be, you know, one of the top courses in the area. I think the layout is absolutely perfect. And it was supposed to rain. I mean, they were calling, talking about severe isolated thunderstorms. I mean, like, shelter like get inside and shelter up mm-hmm. dude it just surrounded us all you heard was the thunder around us but i was looking at the radar and i was looking at the projected forecast for like into later time and i was yeah. like looking at your area and we're talking purple over oh, your dude, it's area it's bad it's it just absolutely bad so oh. hopefully the weather gets good um hopefully we can get out and go play a little bit and get some practice in i did play both courses this past weekend we played man of war on saturday and war Abner on sunday um so i did get to see the courses but obviously not with this putter in hand and we played the blues this past weekend so we played the blacks in the club championship completely different course from back there so i, I want to get out and just re-familiarize myself with some of, some of the t-balls uh, yeah. before we, we totally get out and, and give it a go. But uh, yeah, club championship this weekend, man. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Big weekend. Big weekend. Uh, also, big weekend for the U.S. Junior Am. Uh, let's get into that a little bit. Uh, a 12-year-old made the cut uh, to get into the U.S. Junior Am. I mean, when you think about, obviously, the U.S. Junior Am is catering to uh, the the younger generation, but 12 years old getting into a USGA junior am event. Uh, that, that's pretty unheard of. Yeah. Cause we're talking like, I think the, the girls were on TV over the weekend. I think they played theirs unless it was like a recap of the, whatever. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, we're at the bar, right. And I'm watching it with my girlfriend. Cause we were spent, we were out on the town just grabbing some drinks, hitting up some wineries, mm-hmm. you know, the whole nine. And she's like, well, what's the age? And I think the age goes up to like 17, 18 years old. Basically, senior year of high school. Yep. Wild. So when you got guys in there that are 12 years old, these kids can play some golf. Well, and how about, speaking of kids that can play some golf, uh, I mean, first off, shout out to Pearson Hoik. Hoik. I think is his name. He 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 finished drive chip and putt finalist at Augusta National. So so to see the overlap here of what Augusta National is doing in the drive chip and putt, and then to see it directly relate to like actual on course, you know, antics pretty much, and seeing him play as well as he did to get to the U.S. Junior Am is just absolutely wild. Um, another 
guy that I think is just absolutely insane to see him inside the ropes here um, is Patrick Cantley's younger brother uh, going out and shooting a back nine record on the U S junior am of 28 uh, at band and dunes. I mean, what a, what a, what a number eight straight eight threes out of nine holes. Jeez. Eight threes. The kid's 18 years old. Uh, he's a younger brother of the reigning FedEx Cup champion, uh, Patrick Cantlay. Um, like I said, a, a back nine, 28 to shoot five under 67 in his opening round. Um, beat the pre- previous record held by Eric Bay and Yuki Moriyama of 29. Um, I mean, he played his front nine and four over and then just went <laughs> absolutely ballistic on the back nine. I mean, what wow. a freaking card uh, for this kid. I mean, that's cr- eight, eight threes in nine holes. That's just wild to me. Like, I mean, again, I think- we'll, we'll put it up here and share screen uh, for our listeners to take a, take a look at this. Uh, that's wild this too. Cause like the weather out there isn't the best. Cause I think there's actually a guy from our area, a kid in there as well. Um, damn, look at that card blue and dark blue. It just, just gives bluer. That's <laughs> <laughs> sad. I, I think there's a guy from our area that's uh, med, let's see from the Medford Lakes area. Um, can we talk about this kid's? In. Can we talk about this kid's beard real quick though? He looks like oh. he's 25. Yeah, I know. Like I'm. Just... I mean, Damn. kudos, kudos to the Cantley <laughs> family for seemingly just absolutely breeding. Uh, great golfers. That's that's just awesome. Uh, what's his last name? You Jack Ross. Speak. Jack Ross, I think his name. He's from our area. He may he's out there too playing in it. I love it. And, and and there's a bunch of kids out from like the DC area, Maryland area as well. There's four kids from the MSGA that made it. Um, shout out to Grant Lester from from Washington DC. He is tied fourth after two rounds. Uh, shooting a first round 66 and actually live on the podcast right now. We're recording on the 26th of July, 9, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. He shot even par on the front nine and he's one under going into the back. So Grant Lester making a move on the second round of the U.S. Junior Am out of D.C. So wow. love, love to see that tied with Jack Cantley actually right now at six under par for the championship. Um, got, a, got a kid out of Texas, Keaton Vaux. That's uh, that's winning it right now at nine under, but um, a slim lead over a chasing field right now. So what what amazes me, um, there are and I'm scrolling down the leaderboard here, 30. Well, actually, 46 kids under par or better at the U.S. Junior Am right now at at Bandon Dunes, which is notoriously a tough golf course. I mean, I know. I mean, I'm looking at the looking at the photos. They're all in pants and and like pullover so it's probably not the not the warmest out there it's almost got that you know british open vibes does it really does i love it but uh that's cool to see i mean it's cool to see the usga putting on events like this obviously band and dunes being a really awesome host um but you know you see the usga put on an event like the us junior am and really exploit how great the game is doing at a junior level and then they had the inaugural U.S. Adaptive Open out at Pinehurst this year, too. Their, their new home for the USGA. USGA moved their headquarters to Pinehurst last year. Um, you know, and, and then they come out with this inaugural adaptive 
Open, which is just incredible to watch. I mean, it, it had the likes of Tiger Woods watching, a bunch of other pros tuning in. Um, and just to give the folks that have disabilities in this world a chance to play for a national Open, I think is something that, you know, not only us as golf fans can get behind, it's obviously something these folks will never forget. They crowned the women's and a men's champion in the same weekend. Um, Simone Lee, uh, the men's champion, he he is dealing with uh, and has the uh, disadvantage of having autism, pretty severe form of autism where he can't even really form full sentences. Um, so yet yeah, for him to go out there and you said like just absolutely produce a silky smooth swing uh, is absolutely silky so cool smooth. to see, man. I mean, this goes to the core of like us as humans and just like a feel good story, right? Like the USGA had no way which way they could get this wrong in hosting this event. No, and, and you kind of go back to like the way the world's going, and it's like, you know, we just want it. It's inclusivity, man. It's just being able to have the opportunity for everyone to play, yeah. and you can't beat that in golf. Like I, I feel like that's like one of the perfect sports. I mean, anybody can really pick up the club and get out there and play. It doesn't matter really who you are, what you are, even like any disability, because there are ways to like to adapt and be able to play the game of golf, which is unbelievable to see. And it was watching the highlights. I mean, these guys and girls would just walk all over me with some of the scores they were producing. Oh, it's so good. And I mean, even on the women's side, Kim Moore out of Port Ridge, Michigan, she was born without a right foot, a severely clubbed left foot and a slight case of spina bifida. She went on to play college golf. She's now a women's college golf coach. She shot two rounds of 76 sandwiched in between an 80 in there for an eight stroke victory to win the women's side of things. I mean, just overcoming such adversity um, every step of the way. And, and these champions are just so, um, you know, a valiant in, in their efforts. She said, you know, she just felt like she knew if she could keep getting par, she'd be tough to beat because birdies were hard to get by out there. Um, she said, it's really humbling and incredible to be a part of this golf history. Um, I mean, even they know how special it is to own a piece of a USGA open. Yeah, getting the medals, getting the trophy, and just being a part of it, man. I mean, it all comes again down to we always talk, you know, camaraderie within the game of golf. And, I mean, what more can you ask for when it comes to that? No doubt. I mean, like I said, Tiger Woods was watching. Uh, he said, we all should be inspired watching the U.S. Adaptive Open. He said, good luck to the competitors, and this shows you truly should never give up. Uh, I think it's so true. I mean, we look at some of the adversities we see as as regular human beings without any disadvantages on the golf course. And we're, we're reminded quickly when watching something like this of like, mm-hmm. oh, man, may, may, maybe maybe golf ain't so bad after all. Yeah. Like, let's just enjoy it. Enjoy the game. Bad shot. Oh, well, keep it moving. You have the opportunity to just play, hit another shot and keep it keep it going. For sure. Um, well, you know, making golf better is obviously something we enjoy doing. Uh, that's why we partnered with Sky Caddy. Uh, you guys can go to our link on our website, www.enjoythewalkpod.com, uh, and go to the link to get $50 off Sky Caddy LX5 smartwatch right now. Sky Caddy is actually matching that deal through the summer. So you're going to actually get a full $100 off a Sky Caddy product, including the Sky Caddy LX5 smartwatch, which Dante, I have been using exclusively i took it to ocean city during the member guest because there's no gps's in the carts and i even take it to glen riddle when i'm walking because you know you don't have the the cart with you or anything like that so 
this this smartwatch to me has kind of been a game changer in those awkward shots when you hit it off the beaten path or even if you've got something between like 130 and in where you're just kind of indecisive about where the yardage is and you're not able to walk something off this watch gives you front center back of greens and it actually gives you the ability to as it's a touchscreen to kind of move the the target around the green to really pinpoint where you're hitting and where you need to carry it to. Um, th- this game, this watch has been a game changer for how I play the game. Oh, definitely. And I, I, you know, we can obviously agree that enjoy the walk golf podcast is team GPS. Um, I'll put the range finder down any day of the week. <laughs> give me, give me three numbers. Cause you know, we just got new carts at our course and, you know, I think it's got like the Bushnell, uh, system in it but you know it's got like the cartoon looking course so it kind of just shows you the out you know mm-hmm. the layout really you don't and then it just tells you where like some of the bunkers are and all that and you can just hit but it gives you your front middle back numbers dude i think that's absolutely unbelievable because then you can kind of judge where the pin is and then you can really make a decisive decisive decision on what club are, am I going to club up or am I going to club down? Is it a pin in the back? And, you know, I have 155 yards to the back of the green. The pin looks like it's back there, probably at 150. If I'm going to miss, I'd rather miss short. So I'm going to club down and just kind of go after it. Like that helps me more than me just taking out the range finder, scoping the flag and just saying, Oh, I have 152 yards to the flag. Oh, for sure. And I think the the best thing about this watch in which I've really enjoyed because I'm just such a nerd um, <laughs> is the digital scoring shot tracking and like overall statistic tracking. Right. After every hole, it pops up quick with like an are you finished? And then it asks you fairway. Yes or no. Uh, green. Yes or no. Putts. One, two, you know, how many putts? And then it asks you green regulation, yada, yada, yada. It asks you basically every statistic that you typically be like ticking off on your on your card if you're playing by yourself or just playing with some buddies uh, and not really, you know, in a competition and just trying to focus on getting better. And then at the end of the round, you sync it up and then you play two rounds, three rounds, four rounds, and it starts to show you percentages of, hey, you hit the fairway here. And you can actually even toggle left or right to show you what direction of the fairway you missed. And then you really start to beat into, okay, last like three weeks, I kind of been missing it left a lot without even really knowing, but the sky caddy was there to tell me, Hey, you missed 18 fairways to the left. Maybe you should work on that. So that's been my favorite part of like tapping into this, the sky caddy technology and everything that's kind of on the back end of this watch other than just the, the range finder capabilities and the GPS capabilities. Yeah. That's sick, dude. That's, that's huge. Cause people don't really utilize that aspect and I, i'm at fault to it as well and you know i just get the numbers like if you have the time to just like quickly enter in those statistics you can really go back and you know it's your game film you're not out there playing a team sport where someone's filming the entire game and you can go back and rewatch exactly what you did you're going to need that stuff on paper and you're you know, you're going to need the statistics so you know if you're trying to elevate your game and take it to the next step and play some like high-end club championships or high-end, you know, Maryland Golf Association events or GAP events, like that can really help your game to find out where you're really missing the ball and where you're really costing shots. 
Absolutely. So guys, like we said, go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com to check out the link to that $50 off the Sky Caddy LX5 watch. Uh, it is at the header of our website, so you cannot miss it. Uh, and also go to at enjoythewalkpod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the link to all of these uh, goodies are in our link in bio in the Instagram uh, header. So go check that out, guys. Um, so Dante, We've 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 talked through the USGA. We've talked through um, you know the goodies that are happening with the you know off the course stuff and on the course stuff for us. Um, now we've got the fun stuff. We've we've got to dive into live because holy Always. smokes, holy smokes! Since we last had a podcast, has stuff popped off with live golf and just the new uh, I would say new maybe future of live we've started to see a little bit into their crystal ball of how they're planning on funding this down the road how they're planning on growing it to players outside of just the top 48 after the year 2023 and their 14 uh you know event season next year um and we saw we saw also just kind of i would say a deeper dive into what makes a pga tour pro successful from a monetary standpoint and jay monahan just continually get more divisive <laughs> yeah it, it's crazy i think it's like a i think the pga tours fight and you know there are tweets about it saying that jay monahan and his team have handled this all wrong which i do agree um i think they could have handled it a different way but i feel that's only fueling fire to the live tour and they're just constantly just grinding on ways that it, it's going to it's I mean, you really can't predict predict so much that's going to happen in the future. But at the moment, Live is an, is another tour. It's a competing mm-hmm. tour with the PGA, and it's and it's here to stay. And they're doing everything possible to make sure that they are here to stay. And they're going to get the best players they can to represent their tour. And I think the PGA needs to kind of you know what you've done have always done has worked but now it's kind of falling off the radar and it's getting stale. So it's how are they going to find a way to do their thing and make it better? Because at the end of the day, PJ tour is going to be the PJ tour and lives going to be live. Right. And I think, you know, obviously nail on head there with, with the way you just ended that the PJ tour is going to be the PJ tour and lives going to be live. Um, you know, talking about how live does what they're doing currently, it's obviously a fresh take. There's obviously a market for it because people are, are coming out in droves The the Trump Bedminster site this week coming up is sold out um, at like a $600 for four tickets, you know, price for general admission. The prices aren't cheap uh, and people are just speeding to fill in ticket <laughs> prices. So, I mean, you know, the consumer is there for it. I think, one of the biggest aspects to me um, is is how people are kind of maybe not people. I guess the PGA Tour is taking such a crazy stance on it, right? Like we saw Henrik Stenson be one of the names that jumped um, right before the 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 times closed and everything filled up for Trump Bedminster um, immediately. Actually, even before he officially jumped, um, the PGA Tour and the Ryder Cup was quick to say he is out as captain, right? And I think if you start to continue to lose guys that are jumping to the live uh, golf instead of the PGA Tour uh, and, and cutting them from the Ryder Cup, you're losing not only 
big names, you're losing historical figures from the Ryder Cup. Um, I'm currently reading a book and, and also listening on audio to a book uh, of a guy we're going to have on the podcast later in the month uh, called The Cup That They like never could have lost by Shane Sharp, which is a, a, a book about the Ryder Cup history. And and it talks mostly about whistling straights, but it also talks about the Ryder Cup history and how guys made their mark on the Ryder Cup and how it all led up to whistling straights and how the USA won and, and what went behind it, right? But it talks about a lot of that, of, of the big part Hendrick Stenson played over the last two decades on the European Ryder Cup team. He's been a Ryder Cup juggernaut for over two decades. And in the blink of an eye, because he decides to go and play live, they cut him off, basically behead him and say, never again, right? Like, it's just absurd to me that you cut out these historical figures that make the Ryder Cup what it is, right? Like, that's that's part of the lore of the Ryder Cup is the history behind it. Without the history behind the Ryder Cup, you have nothing better than an exhibition in which they're making fun of the live to begin with. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Cause it's like, they're so quick to just jump. And, you know, we just had this conversation about how great golf is with including everyone. Now they're just trying to exclude the guys that decide to go a different direction because of certain reasons. But, you know, why put so much effort into, excluding so you know said golfer and saying well you can't come back here and you're done from here and you're no longer captain when why can't they take a step back and look what can we do better yeah i mean it's crazy to me um and i think we'll see it play out um in courts because it's already rumblings of uh lots of litigation from players, especially on the DP world tour that refuse to give up their, their, um, their tour membership because they're exempt for so long. So there's going to be litigation there. There's already class action lawsuits uh, from live against the PGA tour, uh, basically running a monopoly. Um, so we're going to see at least the discussion be had. Will it be all figured out in court? God only knows. Um, I'm sure, you know, there's already rumblings of the PGA tour before live was even a thing was working, you know, within Congress to, to fight the live. So, I mean, PGA tour is not dumb. It's not their first battle. Um, I think they're going to obviously have some firepower in their end as well to fight this because they're not going down without a couple swings or a lot of swings. Um, it's just interesting to me the stance they continue to take of just annexing everyone that even mentions it, talks about it, or ends up going, um, even though they've had such a long history on the PGA Tour. I mean, the PGA Tour is not who the PGA Tour is today without guys like Phil Mickelson and Henrik Stenson and Sergio Garcia and Ian Poulter. And the list goes on and on, right? Like, the yes, the PJ, like those guys aren't who they are without the PJ tour, but it, it's hand in hand. The PJ tour is not who they are without these historical figures either. And I think they fail to realize that a lot. Yeah. I think it's just like they have competition and never thought they were ever going to have competition. And now the competition's growing pretty quickly and they're slamming on the door. And I think they're, they don't know how to answer. So they're just kind of kicking first. <laughs> and just seeing what happens rather than, you know, let's 
let's take a look at this. How can we adapt? How can we conquer, you know, this co- competitor and make ourselves better? They're just literally just kicking first and just whatever comes out, comes out. And they're just like, well, you know what? Then screw you. You're out. For sure. Rather uh, than. What's going <laughs> to be interesting is what's going to be interesting. And this might just absolutely break the internet and the golf world. Um, talks as of the 21st of this month. So five days ago, the LPGA commissioner came out in a public statement and said, I'm open to talking with Liv. I actually welcome it. She thinks it would be great for the women's game. Can you imagine this? Because I'm on board with her. Can you imagine this in a world where the LPGA gets the funding, gets the backing, gets a new fresh face from Liv and oversteps the PGA Tour in viewership and overall like money for purses? I mean, I can see it happening. The uptick in women's viewership was already on a steady rise compared to the PGA just kind of stagnation in viewership. A, 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 a swift kick in the butt from Liv uh, like towards the LPGA could propel them far greater than the PGA Tour. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think, you know, maybe deep down in Greg Norman's uh, mind is let's knock out the PGA Tour. But in reality, you're going to have – there's so many companies out there. Uh, it's Coke and Pepsi, right? Mm-hmm. Same damn thing. One may like the other, but they're still that they're still there. They're not like Coke's not like, oh, you're screwing me over because of Pepsi. I mean, it's still right. a cola, right? Like it's 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 brand A or brand B. I mean, that's why we have brands out there, right? It's I don't know, man. It, it's just crazy to the the pettiness between certain people and certain ways they're going about this. I, I think they just really only to sit down and just figure out like how how is this going to work? Because I think the question kind of comes down is a lot of people are asking is like, well, if you're on the PGA tour, are you an employee of the PGA tour? Or are you like a subcontract player of the PGA tour? And how, right. How does that, how does that work? Well, maybe you should figure out the fine black and right, black and white writing on the wall that dictates and determines what the PGA tour. And if you are a PGA tour card member, what that really means to you for sure for you. Well, and I think too, uh, the biggest thing is right. Like there, there was a breakdown of, of what it takes to be self-sustaining on the PGA tour. And I think that's a conversation that often gets missed, right? You look at these headlines of the purse is, you know, so many million and this guy made a couple hundred thousand and oh, awesome. He's got to be living well. And you know, this, that, and the other, um, I think people miss the fact that not only, you know, say those guys win a hundred or 1.5 million, they pay 50% in taxes. They pay at least 10% to their caddy, if not more, 10% is kind of just like an understood minimum. Uh, these guys that have good relationships, with their caddies probably pay them more. You pay up to six to 10% for your agent. You pay around 10% for the travel to get your agent, your caddy, your team to and from every event. So like rough translation, you could make 1.5 million. And then all of a sudden you're losing over 50, 60, 75, almost 75% back into just keeping the cog in the wheel, right? Like yeah. just to stay alive, just to stay up, to stay even, yeah. not even, not even mentioning making I mean, money. Let's see. Let's, let's, let's take a, 
let's do some math real quick. Right? If you're if you're going off of this thing, you got write these numbers down. Yep. So out of one, if you make 1.5 million off of that, and that's 50% of taxes, that's 750 thousand dollars that's taken from that. Yep. Plus, and if you're going off of that 1.5 million, oops. If I'm doing my math correct, that's another 150 thousand dollars to the to the to the caddy. Then your agent that's ninety grand. And then another hundred and fifty thousand dollars for your travel expenses. Yep. So what's that added up? Basically, so let's run through that again. So everybody knows what the math we just did. That was a hundred and that's uh, one point five million. Right? One point five million, and you're taking you're taking the percentage of one point five million off of each category: fifty percent taxes, ten percent caddy, six percent agent, ten percent travel. Yeah, absolutely. That's, so you're at seven hundred fifty thousand for taxes, right? So Uncle Sam's got to have his piece. So there's there's one point five. Basically, you're at seven hundred fifty thousand because that's half. And then you're at you're you're subtracting 150k to the caddy, which the poor caddy, in all actuality, that's a check written to the caddy. So he's only getting half of that minus expenses and the yada yada yada. So even the caddy's 150,000 isn't truly 150,000 minus 90,000 for the agent. So now you're less than 500,000. You're looking at un now. Granted, don't get me wrong here. If if they're winning 1.5 million, they're still they're still taking home around 350,000. 350 to $375,000. So, not a bad day at the office, but that's one tournament, right? And if we look up the PGA Tour schedule or the PGA Tour winnings from this past week at the 3M, PGA Tour 3M first. See how much money these guys at the 3M made. Purse breakdown. Tony Finau, he didn't even make 1.5 million. He made 1.35 million, which means all of that we just did is cut in, you know, it's like a third. So second place went from 1.3 million to $667,000. So now you're cutting that in half already. This guy's starting with less than $300,000 before he's even got to pay everybody. Now, again, I know apples to oranges here, but hmm. it, it just it, it goes to show you how quickly. I mean, if you finished outside of the top 10, you weren't you're not making more than $100,000. And that's before you pay everybody. If you finish outside of the top 30, you're not making more than $20,000. And if you finish outside of the top 50, you might have made 10 grand. Now, granted, again, taxes, five grand. I guarantee these guys pay, put more than five grand in to showing up that week. Yeah. So it's a tough road. You could make the weekend, place, you know, less than top 30 and probably lose money. Possibly. Easily. And if you don't make the cut, you make zero money. 100%. So now, you're, granted, you're like, don't get me wrong. I understand 
people's argument of, well, that's the way golf's been. And, yeah. you know, it makes people better because if you're not make you know, if you're making cuts, then that's, that's incentive to, you know, play better and make this. And like, I understand it. I, I get that argument and I, and I'm, I'm half in agreement with that argument. Like I understand golf's been that way forever. I like the fact that if you don't make the cut, you go home, but from a job standpoint and from the way the PGA tour is all of a sudden positioned itself, you have to look at it and say, well, that's not fair. These guys should like they're putting on a show. The PGA Tour is a, a a digestible product on TV. They stream it and everything. They they make money off of these guys' name and image and likeness. If we're getting into the NCAA terms, name, image, and likeness, mm-hmm. they're making money off of these guys on Thursday and Friday. They're making off of fans Thursday and Friday. These guys are signing autographs Thursday and Friday. And all honesty, they're making money off of these guys as soon as they get on site. Tuesday practice rounds, Wednesday pro-ams, Thursday rounds, Friday rounds. And and for them to not get paid, yeah, they might have got sponsors money, but if they would if they didn't get paid, that's that's where you get into that murky water of like okay, you really can't discredit these guys for going where the money is. Yeah. You you can't. I mean, like like you said, like we've had the discussion before. We understand the argument with the PGA Tour in regards to you know, there's a drive with that tour. You know, you don't make the cut, you go home with nothing. And then that's kind of the concern with the whole live thing is like, what's the drive going to be the play- with the players, you know, come a year or two or three down the road where, you know, they've made almost in their bank, you know, five, six, up 10 million. And like, you know, what could be within a year. So you kind of have to wonder what's going to happen or what's going on. And, but then again, it, it kind of comes down to the whole NCAA aspect. And what you're just saying is how much revenue are they really bringing in from the fans, the, the food and beverage, uh, right. the endort or the sponsorship money and what's going to certain people's pockets or certain expenses compared to what do they really have left? What's their overall, you know, income and revenue base for that? specific tournament for the week and how much are they really taking out of that to put into the purse and i think that's where a lot of guys are starting to question when it comes to their pay i guess the pay scale dude the biggest thing to me in which i saw people just not understanding it was when all of a sudden where where the pga tour took heat for not having enough money in a week's time less than that the PGA Tour announced over $52 million in additions to purses throughout the rest of the year. Where is the PGA Tour just finding $52 million all of a sudden, right? Like they should almost need to explain themselves of why that wasn't implemented before if there was just $52 million sitting out there for grabs. And I think that's Somebody was greedy. Somebody was yeah. greedy. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's I think that's where people – where you might start seeing spitefulness from the PGA tour players, just hopping over the live, not because they want to go play live is because of how they feel in regards to where, like you said, the greediness is coming from. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it, it was, it's definitely something where I think there's way more questions than answers right now, as far as like what's going on, what makes sense for the PGA tour. I mean, like, let's put it this way. 
Francesco Molinari was on the bubble last year to be in the top 125 to keep his card on tour. And he made just under a million dollars. So right there's your answer. You could make up to a million dollars. 996,000 was where he finished the year. And he barely got his card. Rory Sabatini made 968,000 last year and lost his card. So like, that's how tough it is, A, to keep your card on tour. And you could make that much money. And as we just did the breakdown, it's probably not that much money when you're paying for the, the life on tour, the, the travel and everything. Um, and it's, it's, it's a grind. It's, it's 20, 30 weeks out of the year, at least, if not more, where you're jumping from city to city and, and really, you know, putting your, putting your family on hold pretty much to, to go, to go chase this dream. So, I mean, if you compare it to other sports, it's just not comparable for the money that you get as a professional golfer compared to the grind it is out there of travel week to week. Agreed. Especially when they came out with the wraparound tour. I mean, as yeah. soon as they came out with the wraparound be, schedule, it became absurd. Yeah, and it might be different, too, if they just said, you know, from the Tournament of Champions all the way to maybe the last major of the year, or the FedEx Cup, right? And then it's like, here's two, three months off. Like you said, these guys, they finish the season, and they jump right back into the, the new season. And it's there's there's no, break, there's no off season for these guys to just, like any other sport where, you know, all right, we didn't make the playoffs in my off season. A lot is, you know, comes sooner where I can take maybe a couple weeks or maybe a month and just really enjoy it with my family. Because at the end of the day, if you decide to do that on the PGA tour, you're basically taking a no pay, you know, no pay vacation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's basically like, I'll, I'll consider it like this because I've recently gone through a similar scenario. It's like if you're in a sales job, you're 100% commission, no backup, right? Like if you don't go kill what you eat, what you kill, then you've got nothing um, to a situation where you've got a base and you have some guidance and all of a sudden you've got an income and then, but you still get to go out and sell, right? It's like kind of the same similar situation. Who's going to do better too is what I'm interested to see down the stretch. I think we saw it in the open. A lot of live guys contended. Um, I'm excited to see down the stretch of more majors, uh, God willing, if the governing bodies aren't idiots and start banning these guys. But um, I, I hope if they're continually allowed to play in majors, I think the live golf versus PGA tour golf is just going to create better competition in these major events. Yeah. And it, it, like you said, it really could, because that could be such a burden off a of certain players shoulders that they don't really have to worry about the money side of thing to where they can really focus on golf if they're out there to win. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to, if, if that, if it goes that realm of things, you can really see certain players kind of taking leaps up in the world golf rankings. If, you know, if, in a perfect world, if they're not, if they're kind of conjoined, you can probably see certain players that are really like, all right, well, my family's taken care of my house is taken care of. I can focus really on my job and go out and win some tournaments. Oh, no doubt. No doubt at all. Um, and I think what's interesting is uh, news that just came out this week regarding, um, as we mentioned, the kind of future of live golf and, and what it's going to look like. Um, they came out this week and said that, uh, you know, hey, at, at the end of 2023, um, at, at, after the bottom of each at after the end of each season, the four bottom players will be relegated, which basically means, you know, gone um see it see you next year you can play your way back in 
but they're going to hold basically a Q school, which is going to be uh, 80 to 100 players in the you know Q school promotional tournament, which they call it, uh, with an opportunity to play their way in. So they're almost you know re- replicating a mini Q school, but instead of paying 20 grand over the course of six weeks to play it like you do in the PGA Tour, you got one tournament, four guys, winner takes all pretty much, top four get in. So, I mean, it's interesting to see how, um, you know, all of these questions that people had and all the BS surrounding, well, it's not sustainable. Well, it's not this. Well, it's not that. All of a sudden, you know, lo and behold, the Live Tour did have a plan. And I think this is just part of their greater plan of they're going to roll out what they want people to know as they're ready for people to know and not a second sooner. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, kind of like a cool thing where that could you know people talk about oh well everybody's getting paid and there's no cuts and there's no competition well if you don't perform you're canned the next year you got to work your way back up that could be where the competition and you know grind stays and continues so that could be a factor as well for sure it's going to be interesting to see um you know what ends up happening with that event, right? Like who plays in it? Who do they let come in? Who's the 80 to hundred golfers they let play in it? Um, you know, I think at this point it's, it's obvious that Greg Norman's not going to say no to many people. So, you know, who get, who comes and plays, will people get banned just for going and playing in the qualifier? Say you go play in a qualifier and they ban you and you don't get in, right? You're not one of the four guys. Then what? So it, it's going to be interesting to see who puts their necks on the line, I think, um, for this tour. And and by then, by the end of 2023, um, do we see the same climate that we have right now? Or do people become more accepting of live by the end of 2023? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. And somebody's time clock is ticking. His name is Eldrick Woods. Uh, news came out that Tiger is potentially uh, going to play in Florida this year. Uh end of this year, specifically with Joe LaCava, they're back on the grind. He is planning to play at his Hero World Challenge, obviously in the Bahamas. Um, I think Tiger made that tournament just for him and his family to get away (laughs) for the winter, Uh, but then obviously playing in the PNC father-son and then expected to have three to four starts before Augusta next year. Um, I think we, we, we kind of expected this, right? Like this is not crazy news for us to, to digest. We kind of understood that, this year was a miracle in itself that Tiger got back on any kind of, you know, tour schedule and saw him in a major. Um, I think next year was realistic to begin with and maybe even the year after that to contend. So, um, you know, you got to look at the historical comebacks of, of big figures when they have a big, you know, injury like this. And I think Tiger just expedited the process this year, but next year was definitely the realistic timeline. So excited to see LaCava and and Tiger getting back at it this fall. Oh yeah. I think that's like a perfect PNC, the the Bahamas, and then, uh, you know, plus three to four other, like, you know, three to four total starts. That'd be perfect because I, you know, just playing, you know, one or two tournaments before Augusta, I don't think it's going to cut it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, he has to get out there and play a little bit. So he'll probably play some of the bigger ones. Maybe the the players. The players is before, right? Or after? Players is before. I believe. I play that no, one. They moved, it. they moved it, maybe. They moved it? The players. When is the players? The players no, is before. in. The players is in. 
When's the players, dude? March. February, March, April. Yeah, it's before. March 7th yeah. through the 12th. So, yeah, so probably, he'll definitely play that. And, you know, getting some bigger tournaments where a lot of guys go into and just kind of get your feet wet again and obviously prepare for Augusta. That's that's what he wants to play. And, I mean, that's where he wants to try and lock down. It's a two-for-one deal. Get another green jacket, add to his count of most wins on tour. For sure. Now, I think at this point in time, in his age, uh, there's there's no question as to what he's looking to do. There's no question as to what his schedule is going to be um, and where you know you'll see him. Augusta and the three other majors. I mean, it's plain and simple at this point. Tiger <laughs> knows there's one other record that is holding him out from being the greatest of all time without question, without Jack Nicklaus's name being ahead of him. And, and that's the major count. So yep. he, he's chasing it. Definitely. Well, guys, we're going to be chasing 100 holes out in September at the Suburban Club in Baltimore. Um, we are asking something huge from you guys. Um, you guys all know the Youth on Course story. Uh, we've had Ashley McLaughlin from Youth on Course talk us about, talk us through the story of Youth on Course and what they do in subsidizing rounds for the youth of this country uh, to go play golf and those who can't afford it to get them a better entry level into golf. We all know how expensive golf can be. So getting kids golf clubs in their hands, getting kids on the golf course is what youth on course is all about. And we're joining the movement this year with Maryland state golf association. We're joining the hundred hole hike effort uh, at suburban club in Baltimore. We're going to hike a hundred holes in one day. Dante, you and I better get our training started. Hey, dude, we don't have much time. We don't have much time. No. Month and month and a quarter, maybe, uh, to be ready to hike 100 holes in a day. It's a lot. Suburban Club is not a tiny golf course by any means, so we're going to have our work cut out for us. Um, but we are going to be carrying our bags with our Tyler's Golf Bags out there at Suburban Club uh, and, and just doing it for the kids. But we've got a huge ask from you guys. Uh, we are trying to take you with us to Pebble Beach in uh, after this 100-hole hike, and we need your help. We need to raise 20 grand. We need to find a way to raise $20,000 for the kids. Um, now, we're going to have some really awesome prizes for you guys specific to enjoy the walk. Um, if you hit certain tiers, whether it's 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, um, we'll have certain prize packs for you guys specific to us here to enjoy the walk. Um, it might include some Sky Caddy gear. It might include some... Uh, Squares golf shoes from our friends at Squares, and it'll include some obvious, uh, really awesome youth on course, 100 hole hike, enjoy the walk specific merch uh, that we're going to have out in the fall as well. So, uh, guys, tap into that. We'll have the link in our bio and on all of our pages Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, as well as more information about it to come on our website as soon as that link drops. Um, hopefully by the end of this week before August 1st. Um, and then the race is on to $20,000 and to Suburban Club in Baltimore. Um, if you guys want to reach out to us with questions at Enjoy the Walk Pod or www.enjoythewalkpod.com uh, at enjoy the walk pod is on Instagram and Twitter. So reach out there. If you've got any questions, spread the word, help us get to $20,000 for the kids and youth on course uh, and help us hit this milestone. So we can not only help Maryland state golf association, get to their goal, but help the youth on course foundation reach their goal of getting to more kids across the country. Uh, and obviously we're going to be out there at suburban club in Baltimore, all of our Northeastern friends. If you can donate, or even if you can't, Come out, join us. 
be there for part of the day, cheer us on, bring us food, bring us drinks, uh, and just hang out. Be part, be part of the day. We're going to be out there from sunup to sundown. I can guarantee you that 100 holes is not just a couple hour ordeal. Uh, so come out and be a part of it. Uh, Dante, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the, uh, the, the, the one-off bags that we're going to get. Um, and I think our highest bidder is going to get the third bag that we order. So that's going to be something cool too. Uh, you guys have the opportunity to bid for one of the Tyler's golf bags specific to the 100 hole hike we're doing this year. Um, I'm excited, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of golf in one day. So, oh um, baby, a lot of golf in one day. A lot of steps. I think that's going to be depends on how many. You know, average course five to six miles. I think. I think I know how. Holes. I think I know how I'm game planning it already. What's that? I think I'm taking a driver, maybe a seven iron. I'm not. I'm not taking anything longer than a seven iron. Nothing longer than a seven iron. Maybe a nine iron, a wedge, and a putter. Keeping it real light. Keeping it light, light. So that's what? That's driver, seven iron, nine iron, wedge, putter. Five clubs. Five clubs. Five clubs. It's a good. Yeah, that's smart. What I'm making up for in clubs lost, I'm probably going to carry triple the amount of balls during the day. Yeah, if we're, playing, right. if we're playing that fast, I'm not looking for golf balls. If it's yeah. remotely possibly gone, teeing another one up. <laughs> teeing another one up and keep it moving. Um, I'm looking at the course now. I mean, it seems like it's all pretty parkland style. For sure. And all the holes are kind of close-knit to each other. So that's going to help. Uh, doesn't seem too many walks from one hole to the next. And even if you kind of spray one a little bit it's not the end of the world yeah i think the biggest thing is you just uh wherever you do spray it you just got to chase it down in a timely manner not hold up the group that we're with and uh you know quickest in the hole <laughs> let's just let's just hope their pool is still open oh end of day pool pool crashing i like it yes i like it a lot yes sir Awesome. Well, guys, as always, you can reach out to us at Enjoy the Walk Pod as well as www.enjoythewalkpod.com. We hope you can get behind our cause for the 100 hole hike for youth on course with Maryland State Golf Association. We hope you can get us to 20K. That would be huge. Uh, it would mean the world. We have just over, I think, 2,500 listeners. So if each one of you gave like 10 bucks, uh, there. So let's go right? Like let's rock and roll. I'm asking for $10 from all of you and we'll get there. Easy peasy, <laughs> lemon squeezy, right? Done. That's the, that's, that's the Francis we met special easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Done. Yep. $10 from all of you. It's all we need. So that's rock it. and roll guys. We appreciate you listening. Share the show, share the YouTube page. Uh, we continue to grow. So it means the world uh, and, and uh, you know, keep supporting and, and we love you guys. So thanks for the support. And as always guys, get out there, Carry your clubs and enjoy the walk. That's the stuff. One shot at a time.